This week on the Push Pull Legs podcast, we talk about brain worms and three things in nutrition and training that coaches tend not to implement very well. And three, two, one, a bonjour, Daniel. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself, Dami. And je m'appelle Tom Hall. Tom Hall here, back from France. Who, uh, I bet that's exactly how you sounded as well in uh, in France. I can imagine you were trying uh, really hard. Uh, yeah, uh, I need the bread. Uh, With your vending machine, your baguette vending machine. Oh, mate, what? A, oh, so fucking good. It's insane. Now that why is that so be... good when you can just go into a shop and get it? I don't see why that's because so you know we're near a shop, Dan. You know we're near a shop. You're just like in a car park and you're like, shit, need a baguette. I've got 95p, whatever it is. Bloop. Do they not have baguette. any butter with it? They didn't give me oh, butter, did it? Like, well, it needs to have something with it, a baguette. You can't just have baguette on its yeah, own, yeah, mate. But you gotta go, yeah, take it home. You'd be like, shit, I don't want to walk all the way back in the shop, deal with a human. Um, and their baguettes are like different gravy from the boulangerie. Um, I quite like France. Unfortunately, there's so many French people there. But yeah, I quite like France as a country. Yeah. Just the I'm French, the annoying one. Yeah. Um, but also the uh, the pizza as well. Did you not mm. see that one? I did, I did see the, that one. Yeah. The uh, yeah, the fucking ready-made vendor machine pizza. I know which country is in the world. Oh, it was good, mate. Honestly, it was actually okay. Like mm. I was like convinced there was like a little little guy called Pepe in the back just doing stuff. Three yeah. minutes it took. Three minutes. Mm. That's bonkers. Mm. Well, it doesn't take that long, does it, to uh, microwave? I know. I, I was pizza. like, is there a like a QR code for the company? I'm going to have one of these franchises. I'm going to set it up on Made of Ale, like just, just next to the station. I'm going to clean up. Be fine. You if there was four, one of those, yeah. honestly, if there was one of those at the end of my road, not too sure. I've been doing a lot of cooking most of the weeks. Uh, I know. I realize I can deliver, but that's like walk out the door, three minutes, walk back in. You're going to have your food in less than 10 minutes. And it was a nice pizza. There was loads of options as well. Like, honestly, mate, for, what was it? 11, it was like 10, 9, 10 quid for a good, like, 10, 12-inch pizza. Well, I thought you both, mate. I mean, mate. it was a burger, you're talking, my language. All the cuisines. Um, I want to try some, I realise uh, there's some good smash burgers, apparently, in London at the moment. Made it over from the US. Yeah, no. I want to go try some smash burgers, but I'm also maybe dieting because I'm still too fat. I barely dropped any weight. Smash burger was already a thing in, in America. Oh, it is. In, it in, is a thing. Indeed. It is a thing, but there's like some good ones apparently that are starting to crop up to rival like actual juicy burgers. Obviously, smash burger is like they yeah, they squash it like, down, press yeah. it down, and then like the edges should be a bit crispy apparently. Mm-hmm. But some some of them like are getting it. So there's been like some food critics and stuff that have been like all good. Oh, my latest mm. restaurant that I've been to. The I should, I should just do a, a. We should just do a food podcast. Um, but and that would require Dan to go out and eat at restaurants every week. So I think you'd enjoy doing that. To be fair, but I, uh, I would have had time. Yeah, where did I go last week? Was not last week. The week before. Um, speedboat bar in just off Piccadilly Circus. Really good. Really good. If you're into Thai food. Um, I would highly recommend. I would highly recommend booking because it's fucking busy. Um, and it is not a bar, but there, it's only called Speedboat Bar because there's a speedboat from like Thailand. You know, those like little dinghy boat things that's there. Oh. Um, it's quite good. It's good. Bit, nice. bit spicy. It's a bit spicy with Daniel, but. No, 
not my not my cup of tea than that. No. I also went to Ugly Dumpling. That was funny. Just dumplings. Um, quite cool. Mm. It's good. I'm one I of those humans. Yeah. Uh, I'm one of those humans that just tries new places. So. Love it. Hey, Love more it. power to you, mate. More power to you yeah. if you're that kind of person. I'm, I, I'm see, I, I always try it. Like out here, I always try like bit more delivery out here than like going out to restaurants and stuff but that's cool but anyway i always do this thing on delivery i'm like oh i'll try somewhere different i always regret it every time you know like you know <laughs> someone says like oh you know five guys like this is a big chain like support the smaller businesses there's a reason they're a big chain it's fucking brilliant Good. there's a reason that small businesses don't become big chains because they're shit you know when you're like i just it frustrates me because i'm like okay i got my way and i think right i'll give this other burger chain the chance it's just shit it's just shit and i'm like well i've wasted a burger Number one, <laughs> number two. I could have five guys here, so yeah. I just think it's 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 frustrating. It's, it frustrates me when I do that because I've done it a couple of times recently, and I thought I'd give them a go. Not not been as good. Like I, I've tried a uh, one of the what's it called the fried chicken places around here that did the, did the sandwiches with the cheese in it. Like we had at Bombard. Bombard's yeah, too yeah. far away; it doesn't deliver. And they're trying to be Bombard, but it's just nowhere near as good. You know, no. what like, point in this. Like, I should have just gone to Bombard. But yeah, that's where we need to go when you come back because I've not been there since. It was very, very good. It was no? good, wasn't it? No. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah. if anybody wants a good follow, I'm sure people realise, um, especially for restaurants in London, is Top Jaw. Um, they, top they, Jaw. Top Jaw, yeah. They, they basically go around and ask like restaurant owners and chefs and stuff what their favourite burger place is, what their favourite pizza place is, best bar, most overrated place, all this kind of fun <laughs> stuff. Best, like, yeah. And Five Guys... For all these professional chefs, comes up a lot on Best Burger. Yeah, like I'm not surprised. Crazy. It's it's so crazy. It's like yeah, a lot of the time, Five Guys. They're like it's just good, it's just mm-hmm. good. And I had one. I think I had one like last week or the week before. I was just like, I think I got. I was working late on like a Friday night. Wild, I don't know. Um, the uh, the joys of being a small business owner, isn't it? And mm-hmm. yeah, I think I was just like, fuck it. I'm not cooking my fucking. What is it? The one I do, Hello Fresh. I was like, that's not happening. I got a flight in the like the day after. I was just like, yeah, five guys is final meal. Um, it was good. It was good. France was good. Thank you for asking, Daniel. Um... Well, we just talked about <laughs> your baguettes and your pizzas, mate. So it sounded pretty damn good. <laughs> baguettes, yeah. pizzas, markets, mm. French people, a lot of drinking. So yeah, it was nice. I was actually there with some clients, so I was fortunate enough to be who who would be friends with their clients Ugh, weird isn't it? No. no i know exactly uh they hosted me for five six days which lovely very lovely they do have the the uh the fortunate case of owning like a 12 bed place in the yeah the countryside didn't have to actually so, speak to you then that's good that's fine no, no, they, they were like, yeah, yeah, they were like you're yeah. in the other side of the building yeah, yeah you're here literally. to train us and you're in the shed <laughs> down there so yeah. it was so funny they were just like we're not we're not training so i was like Thank fuck. I was like, so many people were asking, like, are you going to train them? And I was like, I don't think so. I know their personality pretty well. And I was like, I think they'll just maybe want my help with some gardening because they've got quite a lot of land and gardens and stuff. And I was like, I'm all right with that, to be fair. I was like, I'm quite happy to, like, <clears throat> yeah, go around and do some stuff. It's a little bit of difference. Not my normal kind of day-to-day life, isn't it? So which I'm quite mm. glad. Whereas I know I'm going to try to go to Jordan with one of my other clients. And she was like, what? You're going away with clients? I was like, you can come away with me. 
you can train me every day. And I was like, it doesn't sound like a holiday. Um, it sounds like penance. But if I get to stay in Jordan for free and go see, I want to go see the, the pretty things. Is it Petra? Petra's in Jordan, isn't it? Yeah. No idea. No idea. I probably should go. What what are the seven seven wonders of the world? Well, I'll let you know when I'm going. I wouldn't even know what seven are. Like you say that, like I should know. Like (laughs) pyramids. Well, there's obviously there's the seven ancient wonders of the world, Dan. There's the seven um, new age kind of man-made seven wonders of the world. So I think you've got like the pyramids, the hanging gardens of Babylon, Petra. You got I don't know some other ones. There's a few. There's a few in Greece. It's just ancient. And there's a couple in like um, in Egypt and then scattered around there. Um, the Taj Mahal, the Colosseum, Machu Picchu, Machu Picchu Petra, yeah. Great Wall of China. Yeah, yeah I'm just, uh, there's ancient probably. wonders and then natural wonders and then modern day wonders. I think. Tick them off your list. I want the Grand Canyon. No, it'd be funny, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> you're like, what? Uh, I wouldn't know. Honestly, I wouldn't know them. Like off the top of my head, I wouldn't know them. I wouldn't. I have a good guess, but I think I'd probably get yeah, at least one wrong. I reckon sometimes or not remember it. All uh, good. Pub quiz, uh, mate. Yeah, I'd be awful at pub quizzes. My German knowledge is not good. I'm not taking down to pub quizzes. Is there such a thing in Dubai? Uh, yeah, probably, but not as popular. Obviously, not in a pub. Just here, just get <laughs> yeah, probably in a pub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just just called a quiz top. Yeah. Um, quiz nights. Business in Dubai. All right, wonderful. Uh, we're going to keep this. Um, we've we t- obviously talked to general speaking of like Dan's Dan's uh, way of uh, life, talking about business. So we're not we're not going to talk about personal training business today. Fuck no. Um, every now and again, it does get boring. Um, I'm sorry, guys. So I think we're going to talk about some training, some nutrition, and I sent you a link, Daniel. Because did, yeah, Tom. Yeah, that is fucking mental, bonkers. Isn't it? This is going to be our leading story. So this popped up on um, on my thing today on my phone. And live worm found in Australian woman's brain in world first. What the fuck? I mean, yeah, <laughs> literally, how's that happen? I mean, can you imagine? The woman. Um, it says the woman, sixty-four, for months of symptoms like stomach pain, cough, night sweats, which evolved into forgetfulness and depression. She was admitted. Hospital in late January 2021, and scan later revealed a lesion within the right, the right frontal lobe. But the condition, the cause of her condition, was only revealed during a biopsy in June 2022. How are you hearing about it now? Fucking crazy! I pulled it out, and it was happily moving. <laughs> like, like what kind of worm is it? Just a like. Weird. It's not an earthworm. It makes you feel weird, doesn't it? It makes you feel weird. I, I know. It feel make you feel like that something's oh. gone in. Like, <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was in a really like rural place in France, and like every mm. night I'd go check around like places for like bugs and shit. And anything I didn't know what it was, I killed it because mm. I was yeah. just like there was like millipedes that were like crawling around. I was like that's dying, that's dying. Unfortunately, yeah. um, I don't mind spiders because they tend to just stay there. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. apart from some no, of the I'm, creepy I'm, I'm the same. ones. I'm, I'm the same. Yeah. Um, I hate a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, not uh, for me that. Not for me at all. I'm not. Yeah, biggest thing: creepy crawlies. Bleh. Bleh. No, don't like it. No, get it out. Kill yeah. it. Kill it with. Kill it with fire. It's fine. I made. I've actually like whilst I was in France, I made a game because it was like 41 degrees for like two days, and we were just like spending a lot of time at the pool. And um, the thing with the pool 
wasps abundance like because wasps mm. get too hot for them and they were coming down to drink so we've made a fun game of drown the wasps um <laughs> nice. with our squirt gun things it was yeah really good both my clients are like in their mid 50s but they had fun and they were just they were they were loving it they were like we're killing the wasps with the kill <laughs> i was like yep yeah, do this for a couple of hours just we're kind of like hunting around you would have loved it then you're like what am i doing in my life but then realize yeah you feel like some sort of assassin that's they realized it was actually pretty fucking cool so yeah <laughs> and i was like i hate wasps and this is a great thing to do so yeah get them skimmed but yeah fucking hell uh, suffered symptoms like stomach pain a cough and night sweats which evolved into forgetfulness and depression jesus from this worm or like yeah. from other shit man isn't it that mm. No, not so, for me. That there's one. always that. Not for me, did, did did your did, was that was always a tale a tale like going around school with like a spider? It was how many times like a spider might go like crawl into your ear or go into your mouth. Like you aren't you meant to eat like eight spiders in your in your lifetime or something like that that just crawl into your mouth mm. like in the night. No, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely eaten a few flies in my life. Like, just, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like get in there. So it's just the whole theme of like you know when a fly, like one of those little tiny flies goes in your eye and you don't get it out and you're like, where's that gone? Yeah, you're like oh god, that's just gone that somewhere. Worm, do you know what I mean? It's like gone in. Like, oh. <laughs> it's somehow reduced. Oh, so yeah. you know that's the that's that's the fear, isn't it? That's the fear. I think. <laughs> Never mind your sharks or whatever's like, do that. Have mm. you watched Deepest Breath yet, Dan? I haven't, no. Oh, mate, you need to watch that and we'll do a podcast on that. Fucking hell. I think you'll you enjoy it. You'll think it's freaky as fuck, but yeah. It's, What's uh, it about? Yeah. Um, it's about freediving. Mm. These bonkers fucking people that like dive to yeah. 200 meters down bonkers. yeah, and like hold their breath for 10 fucking minutes. Mm. Um, that is bonkers. Yeah. Yeah, it's about two two people that do they survive or do they not? And you'll you'll love the one of the mad stats of like um, free diving has more deaths in it than um, or more attrition rate than Mount Everest climbing Mount Everest. Oh, really? Not a sport I do. Just like no, no <laughs> not at all. And you like, mate, you should just watch the first like two minutes of it, and you're just like, what the fuck are they doing? Why is this happening? Why do they keep doing it? This is madness. Um, yeah. Because um, one thing that comes part and parcel with a lot of freedivers is they get near the top and they just pass out and they have to be resuscitated. Like, it's fucking crazy. Do but, it? mate, I would highly recommend watching it. Um, yeah. Slightly biased. One of my clients is a producer on it. But, yeah. Go watch oh, okay. it. <laughs> He, he was like fucking watch it fucking watch it it's really good it's got really good reviews so um all right dan we'll uh training nutrition so i came up with the topic because of my outrageously large brain dan got thinking about this then i definitely didn't just think of it in 20 20 seconds before the show did we of course not no <laughs> um but yeah i thought we'd we vaguely talk about training and nutrition kind of our wheelhouse more than anything else um three call it three things that um maybe a lot of coaches we tend to train a lot of coaches um or train some people or probably for our time three things that not a lot of coaches do in their training that we might put in and tr- maybe what what did i say to you three like is that a similar thing for nutrition or maybe some mm-hmm. some changes that you've made that that have I just put, I just put, I just put yeah, three things with, with nutrition that coaches don't implement. Basically, is what go. I've gone with. 
Beautiful. Um, yeah. Should we go training first or should we go back like tennis? Boom, 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 boom. Training, nutrition, training, nutrition, nutrition, training. Do tennis. Yeah. <laughs> you go first, Tom. You I'll serve, Tom. I'll serve. So I'm going to go number one. Um, and it's probably not like a glaringly obvious one, um, but complete single leg strength training. And by that, I mean kind of putting in your A1 categories for two, three, four, five reps, stuff like skater squats, pistol squats, elevated like drop down, step up squat things, um, lateral step ups, what would be lateral skater squats, and literally using them as your strength exercise, negating any you're not having like any deadlifts or squats or anything like that in like bilateral work in your plan whatsoever it's something that's probably common theme for me um and i tend to move towards skater squats a lot um and a lot of i think it's are they box are they step down box squats kind of things um where they yeah. like you know the ones you start I mean, at the top right? that you start, start at the top, top and, and bum. Yeah. your leg comes down like like to the side of a bench and then you come back up and you hopefully don't touch the floor or you brush it and then mm. you like maybe use a counterbalance to get back up. So just in case you haven't got the, because some people won't have the mobility yet or single leg strength yet to do skater squats and stuff like that. Something I would encourage people to do big time because um, especially in a case of, I guess I'm looking from a sporting perspective, everybody, we tend to do a lot of shit on like one leg. Um, even in golf, we weight transfer the whole time. So we bias one leg more than the other the whole time during a swing. Um, or we should, if you're just kind of stuck in the mud, which I see from a lot of golfers, a lot of PT golfers, to be fair, they tend to yeah. be very stuck um, and they don't shift forwards or drift. Rely on their arms. That's what they do. They <laughs> rely on their arms. And literally every golf pro is like, turn, look at this turn that we're segmenting. Um, yeah, so we get yeah. to be biased a little bit more. Also, for fucking injury prevention, massive. And um, coming back from injuries and sorting shit out like that. Um, imbalances, people like to call it. Um, I tend not to focus a lot on that. I'll just be like, all right, we're A1s, all those strength exercises. We're just going to move to unilateral exercise. And then that, like true unilateral exercise, not split squats. Obviously, I do split squats or B stance squats or asymmetric squats or whatever, or RDLs and all that kind of shit, but true unilateral exercise where the other foot is off the floor. So I'm talking like single leg RDLs, which would make it a comeback in my training a fair bit, um, mm -hmm. or it'd be like uh, skater squats. I, I always buy a skater squats over um, pistol squats um, just because they look more like deadlifty kind of things more to me. So yeah, people tend to be able to do them quicker. Um, but yeah, they don't look quite as cool, I don't think. But people think mm -hmm. they've just fucked up a lunge. Um, but yeah, basically, if anybody knows what skate squat is, Google it. Doing, I still see people doing forward lunges, and it still really hurts my eyes, Tom. <laughs> it's so annoying. Yeah. I saw one of my one of my clients. She's trained by someone else. Um, she, I just coach her with her business stuff, and she coached by someone else. She posted a training today, and um, she tagged the coach that she's working with in it, which um, mm -hmm. was not a surprise when I saw who it was. Um, and you know, she's like, you're just doing forward lunges and they just don't look good. And I'm like, have we not progressed on from this yet? Like, are we not good enough coaches yet that we know this is just a completely redundant exercise for everyone? Like, come on. So no, I just feel like this day and age, I'm like, it just tells me a lot about that person's knowledge. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. 
And me from like maybe a sporting background, even like I would use it in a warm up, literally, if they're doing like around the clock, like lunges or something like that, or around the compass, think like northeast, southwest. So they're going all around their hip. That's about it. I wouldn't fucking load them. I don't know the last time I've loaded a forward lunge. I think, I think like, like you said there, force absorption and jumping forward on one leg and doing all that. I mean, that's cool. I'm fine with that. Like, I've got no problem at all with the, but this is a woman who doesn't play sport and is just looking for body comfort <laughs> changes. Like, you know, and just like, nah, just don't get it. But yeah, I just feel like things don't change. But anyway, one of the things I've got, three nutrition things that coaches don't implement, uh, kind of relate to, to nutrition. I'm going to, uh, as we go through, I think a couple of those relate to more the coaching side of stuff than maybe the actual nutrition stuff. Cool. The first one is that then don't be aggressive enough with their decisions. Um, I think a lot of people come to coaches for results. And I think coaches are so quick to talk about sustainability of dieting or they're quick to talk about... Um, you know, making sure you're in this in a, in a lower calorie deficit and you offset hunger and you know, you all these sort of th- fit everything within your life, all this sort of stuff. And I think that there's a there's a bit of a trick that a lot of coaches are missing where it's actually like one of the best things to get by in is results. So you actually can put someone on quite low calories to begin with and be quite aggressive to see results and see them change quite quickly. Some people actually want that. I think not enough coaches are asking their clients what they want out of things. Um and because I think they're scared of being lumped in with a whole crowd of like, oh, fast fat loss is bad. No, fast fat loss is motivating for one. That's why people want it more than anything. It's more a case of like, if you can educate someone correctly, you can coach them through it correctly and you can identify with them that actually this speed of this fat loss can't continue, but it can start this way. And it can get, again, it increases buy-in, increases them into the, um, increases their motivation and increases the chance they're probably going to stay with you because they're seeing results quite quickly. I think a lot of mistakes coaches make is that they do this softly, softly approach. People are six weeks into coaching and not really seeing any weight loss. It's kind of like, well, what am I here for? Why have I signed up? Why am I, why am I bothering? People are actually prepared initially at the start to go through some hunger, to go through some pain, like not bad pain, but that element of it should be, you should be hungry on a diet, right? People are expecting that to a certain degree. And I think that too many coaches are airy fairy with their approach uh, and that people actually don't get what they've signed up for um, straight off the bat. And I think that actually a lot of coaches could do it in reverse where they actually kind of try and set them up and prime them before they kind of go into fat loss phase, which is fine if that's what you, they really need. And that's what you've identified with them and talked to them on the phone about. If someone comes in and they're like, oh, I've got a holiday in 12 weeks I'd like to be lean for, don't wait till week 10 to drop them to low calories. Like, be, like, be real with it. Again, obviously based on their experience level and all these sorts of things, right? But I, I do see it a lot. It's coaches are too scared to be aggressive with their decisions and actually make people suffer for want of a better term. It sounds a bit harsh saying that, but same with PT and like, you know, we've seen a lot of PTs go too far one way where they just smash someone in their first session. Okay. But I also see PTs like add on two kilos of sides of someone's squat when they can clearly do 10 each side extra. Like what are you doing? Get them there quicker. Like, why are you fanning around with this? And go, oh, take it slowly, slowly. And yeah, I just think, so I think some coaches might do it from, a, they think they're doing it from a good place. I think some other coaches do it from a place of like, if I keep the client longer, it's more money for me. And it's like, I, I don't know what the reasoning behind it is sometimes, but I know for us, we've always been getting the result and like, they'll be good. Um, that's one thing I think I see a lot. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, it's always one thing that, it's tricky from like a training perspective if I was going to relate that it's like hard to weigh than a if you like say you've got 12 weeks to prep or whatever I would mm. tend to everybody gets the same thing shock um for the first two weeks unless I know your training history um 
But then after that, it'll be like full within eight weeks. I make you do a testing week. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I got to have some numbers. I, I don't care what you've just been lifting for eight weeks. I haven't learned that much about you. I've learned about technique. I haven't heard whether you can push yourself. I need to see whether you can push yourself during a test week or something like that. Um, because I'm not going to be there going, yeah, let's fucking move. Let's go, go, go. Like I'd like yeah. to, all of those things. But yeah, there's a certain level of some people are able to get themselves up for it or get really excited for it. Some people get way too nervous and get in their own head and then just bolt, like bolt and they'll be like, oh, I'll push it for, we can do it next month, right? I'm like, why? It's like, it's just a regular training week. Make time. I was like, I've, you knew about this signing up. I was like, I always do it within eight to 10 weeks. Always. Mm. Um, and guess what? You'll repeat it in three months. But yeah, that'll be about not being soft enough, right? So yeah, and able to get that done. There are some people I have to rein back in. Mm. 100%. And I know he's going to be listening, David. Um, yeah, I have to rein back in. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think with training, I think it's definitely less of a thing with training. It's definitely more of a thing with nutrition that people are yeah. worried to, to do that. Um, and again, before someone straw mans me, obviously the right time, the right element, all that sort of shit, right? Obviously. But I think there's plenty of coaches that, that they know that their clients are ready to do that and they still don't. That's the mm. thing. Yeah. Oh, have you started? I've just been looking at my t-shirt. Have you started watching Ahsoka? No. I didn't watch any Star Wars Tom except for the films. You know this. I don't watch any of the little series that come out. I don't have time. I wish I did, but I don't have time. <laughs> He's too busy practice, practicing his putting. So I'm too busy trying to get better at fucking golf. That's what I'm too busy. <laughs> oh. Um, you're still terrible at golf, though, Dan. It's all right. It's fine. No, it's yeah, gonna be funny. I, do you know what? You, I always you always played probably hard. about 70 times in the space that I played. And I'm still I'm gonna beat you. So just because we're not playing Dubai Hills, it's gonna be so much more even. It's gonna be fantastic. Oh, uh, it's gonna be good. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> beat you at Dubai Hills last time, did I? Did you know? I don't I think you like, did actually. Yeah. I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. you beat me at Dubai Hills, mate. I feel like <laughs> I feel like, but I think this time around the handicaps are gonna be different because my handicap now is gonna be where yours is. So where mine is. Yeah. Well, it might be, it may not be. We'll see by then. I mean, it's a long way off yet. But me and Alex have got a, we've got a pairs competition at the end of September that we're going to enter, and by then nice. my handicap is going to be the worst it's been for a long time. It's like just time perfectly. <laughs> like I've got about sixteen <laughs> rounds to fit in. Well, I'm just been like, absolutely shit. Silent yeah. things. You'll just be like, yeah, I was preparing for this tournament. Yeah, just trying to get the handicap all the way up. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, that's what so people bad. do. All right. Yeah, um, number two. Again, I'm going to be quite biased on this. Uh, shit, tons of jumps. Jumping. Jumps, hey? Well, I'm going to put this into caveat. I'm going to say power. Um, oh, wow. So okay, power-based yeah. exercise. I, agree I, I think there is, most people will only, because it doesn't get taught, right? Everybody knows that one to six is strength, then six to 12 is hypertrophy, then 12 to... 30 or whatever is whatever number, yeah. what they say muscular endurance endurance yeah. all, all that all that horseshit um yeah i think you'll actually find tom it's actually three to six is strength eight to is 12 it? is hypertrophy and seven is nothing oh yeah seven doesn't work remember that? Yeah, no sorry. seven doesn't do anything remember that you wouldn't you would have thought that i i have like done all of the lessons and then, and then remember that eight to twelve three. is hyper- <laughs> i think eight to twelve is hypertrophy and then it's 15 plus is muscle endurance so again 13 and 14 don't do anything don't exist yeah. correct yeah so yeah always yeah. bonkers in that that um but yeah true power training i think 
what what I mean by this is doing reps of like three to six, but leaving shit tons in the tank. On no, I can't do that. It's impossible. Being... <laughs> all right so you're only moving as fast as you possibly can you move the barbell as fast and as powerfully as possibly can but you don't go anywhere near r and r or reps in reserve of like two or something like that you're probably like four five six r and r like rpe in terms of a hypertrophy scale you would say it's like i don't know seven six maybe but you still, you'd still sweat. You still like move it as quickly as possible. That kind of thing. Um, basically, to get stronger, you like I always said for like I don't know, nutrition, training, business, or whatever. If you still stay at eighty percent most of the time, you're still going to get better. Okay, it's this is like lifting at the eighty percent kind of thing, but just moving contraction speeds and getting as powerful as possible. And guess what? Chances are you're going to get stronger from that. Um, especially if you play any kind of sport, it's just going to benefit for you. So I'm going to change that from shit tons of jumps because it just relates from like, it's all the way from like 0% like like body weight training all the way up to like, I don't know, fucking the whole thing really, like up to 60, 70. I might put people at 80% like VBT stuff and get them to move as fucking fast as possible. It's uh, just something, I realize it's hard to relay into your client that like you're going to go, all right, I want you to just lift this for free. And they're like, well, I've done that. I can do loads more. And I'm like, no, no, I don't want you to. Um, Yeah. Why not? Why not? (laughs) I'm like, no, no, you're good. I don't want you to get killed. I don't want you to feel sore. I don't, I want you to be able to come back, train tomorrow at the same intensity. What? You want me murdered, like blitz all over the floor. No, 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 you could. I want you to be able to perform. That's the whole point of this. And Mm -hmm. you're going to gradually get better and you're gradually going to lift that bar quicker or lift a heavier bar at the same speed. That's all it is. Um, yeah. Crazy. So man. I think that's, it's, it's crazy. That's a different way of progress. Kind of relates into my last one, but it's only because I use this. But yeah, power-based training would be my mm. one. Because um, yeah, people, I think, st- I still see fucking people's writing lap pull-downs at 70% of their 1RM training or whatever. I'm just like, why would you write that on a plan? Stop writing it on a plan. No one cares. No one cares. Little little nugget into my training. I don't really care what you lift past your A1 and your B1 exercises. Shock. Um, <laughs> I look at those most of the time in weekly check-ins and I'll like mm. scan through the others. I'm just like, it's all right. It's fine. As long as you tried <laughs> and you did it, it's fine. Um, <clears throat> I want to see those ones lift, go up. And that's it. So. Yeah, crazy. I think people get too bogged down in those minutiae exercises or killing themselves or like, I need junk volume, stuff like that, which is fine. But go do that in like safety, like do 10 press ups, like five pull ups, 15 bodyweight squats and some like assault bike stuff. That's your volume. I'm absolutely fine with. Um, yeah. Get like fast. you said, it's that junk. It's that junk volume in it. It's just like it's just, it's so just the junk, many people do it. It's just the it's the junk volume that kind of stagnates progress. It's the whole zone two argument as well, right now, right? So very rarely, um, like like I, I said, if anybody uh, has gone and watched my like uh, results base, I did a complete summary of my aerobic combine, right? And I was like, that's the only fast five k I'm going to run for the next like two months. The only one. All the rest of them mm. I'm going to do disjointed speed work which I'm still going to have a lot more in the tank. 
or zone two work, like long zone two, zone three work. I'm not going to go and test myself and try and like kill myself again. And I think a lot of people think that in training, they need to like go to that almost failure, like mark a, a bit more than they should. Um, mm. And power training is just leaving a lot in the tank. Cool. Over to you, Daniel. So next one I've got is again, but this is obviously geared towards nutrition and online training, um, but allowing their clients to send video updates. Not enough coaches um, allow their clients to send video updates. Do they not? Oh, mate, no. Like you might think it's really? like, yeah, it's, genuinely it's obviously like, like obviously I'm. I'd say in terms of me and you, I'm a relative like like noob in the world of online coaching and stuff like that, but. Yeah, it's just standard. No, they just get them to form. They just get them to fill out forms. So they just get them to fill out like a type form, or they have a check-in form, like a Google form, and they just do everything through forms. And it really doesn't allow you to create a very good client-coach relationship that enables you to maybe be more aggressive with calorie drops and stuff like that. Like I just talked about. Um, I just don't feel like it helps either end. I don't think feel like it helps you as the coach create a good relationship that's going to lead to long-term success business relationship you know client client coach relationship i just feel like it's very transactional it's very much a case of like mm. you send this form you get this feedback you change this you do this and it's all based around and what they do is they start looking at the form and they go oh, if i fill this in and i say this i'm gonna my calories gonna get dropped i don't want that so i'm not gonna say it <laughs> you get that element of like they just say what what you want them to say in, in a way um and i just feel like it's a really poor way to to get information out of someone to get the right information across because people will just write, yeah, fine. Anything you need to ask me this week? No, all good. You know, like all that shit. And like anything you need to add? No. It's like, well, I bet there's loads. You're just not saying it for whatever reason. You just don't think it's important, yeah. you think it's relevant, all that sort of shit. So that is one of the biggest things that not enough coaches do um, is, is getting to know their client, like through for, for video updates. And I'm going to combine the last, the, the third one actually to this one because it's kind of similar. Fuck it out. Well, no, it, it relates <laughs> to it. But like, talking about things with your clients that are outside of fitness. So like talking to them about stuff that is unrelated to fitness and again, getting to know them as a human being, understanding. Like I spend some of my updates with clients talking about golf. Surprise, surprise. Right. And oh, I, it know. Just, I know. I know. Yeah. I enjoyed uh, one of them. I've, I've been yeah, one of my clients because I was just like, me. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that actually killed me. Um, I'm not talking to him about golf ever again. Um, but yeah, like, it's this whole thing of like, you know, you, you really have to, to do this and, and like that's part of the thing of like in-person pts you spend the hour guess what talking about life outside of all the other training stuff you're doing you talk about life and i think online coaches just don't do that enough they just focus on the training and when you realize as a pt quite quickly that people don't come to you just for the training you realize that so if you're a good pt you realize that so quickly they come for the social they come for the improvements yes but they actually like you they keep coming back because they like you and they like spending time with you and you have to create the same ambiance should we say because tom's been in france um Say it like that. Um, with yeah. with no, with your online YouTube. clients, yeah, you you have to talk about things outside of fitness, and this is where a lot of coaches don't don't manage to do it because they don't do video updates, so they don't have the opportunity to do that. It's just all done on you know not pen and paper, but you know what I mean, forms and you know just text. And I just don't well, feel like you, you really get that connection. What a, what a really cool niche if you did like pen and paper your training. So your on pen and paper. like you had to oh someone's got to do that. So as a side side hustle business or whatever, as part of your coaching service, you can like do yeah. p- call it like pigeon coaching, something like that, and you're sending it via like pigeon mail, and you'll yeah you'll get your plan in the next two weeks, and it will all be handwritten. You have to charge a bit of a premium, stamps and all so, that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, you send that, and then they have to send their update via that. It would take a while to get progress, but 
novel novel idea yeah a good idea it's very niche <laughs> um but yeah those, so those two things combined really is like look video updates they're pretty vile um and then the second thing is is then you know talking about things outside of fitness because what you find from that is on your video updates when you allow people to do that and you talk about stuff outside of fitness you start to notice what things are actually affecting their decision making their behaviors their ability to stick to a plan because you know their life outside of fitness you know what's going on Plus with the video updates, what happens is a lot of times is clients go off on tangents and they think it's unrelated. They don't think it's important, but it's actually going to inform your decision-making, which they wouldn't have written on a form. They'd have just said, for example, yeah, busy week this week, but I'll be okay. Then you do a video update. The same video person may have said, yeah, I got really busy, stressful week this week. got a deadline with work on Friday. I'm probably going to go out for drinks after and celebrate because we've got sales targets to hit. If we hit the deadline, we hit the sales target, we'll probably have a bit of a, you know, some drinks. Um, and then, oh, the missus is having a go at me because we've got to go to this wedding on Saturday. It's a bit of a fucking minefield. I don't really want to go. You know, it's just the missus is mate. We're just going to the reception. Being, I don't really bothered, blah, 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 right? All of a sudden, you get an idea for the, the headspace this person is in where they're like, well, they may overeat and overdrink at the weekend and you can make a plan for it. Whereas if they just put, yeah, a bit busy, got a wedding at the weekend, but it'll be all sad and I'll be okay. You wouldn't have the same response without knowing all that sort of stuff and, again, celebrating work events and things like that. I just think it's really, really important. that, And, again, coaches don't do it because it's more work. It's more effort. So coaches don't do it. I can't, I can't bother that. It's too much hard work. Um, but then they moan that their clients don't stick around long enough and they don't get good results. It's like, well, there you go. That'll be the reason why. Um, I truly believe you get out of it what you put in. And I think with that, it's something that not enough coaches are doing. Um, is one, genuinely taking an interest in your clients outside of fitness. And two, doing video updates with them where they send you a video and they open up to you and talk about their weeks, talk about their problems and pain points and all that shit. So you can help. There you go. Boom. Boom. Mm. All right. Last one back to me. I did write um, VBT, but I feel like it's still, still very niched. Still a lot of people learning about it and it kind of goes into power. If you want to talk about VBT, Come chat to me. Um, but I'm going to do a little bit more nuanced, um, probably something that I've still beat the drum on, is having other days, dividing your week differently, other than upper lower, push pull legs. Having a focus instead um, and just thinking outside the box on certain things. And this will relate to the rep range thing we just said on the last train a bit would be power. You have a power-oriented day. So you know you're going in, you have got to feel I've got to move shit quickly. Strength. All right, I'm going to have a strength-orientated day. Cool. Or like lower limb unilateral day or something like that. Or just think outside the box in terms of training splits. And it's certainly, it's not outside the box, I guess, for what we do in terms of peaking someone for events or where we like, especially when I know they've got to be like competing, for example. For example, Dan was talking to me about he played shit at golf, shock. But he also said the day before he had the heaviest gym session he had in a while. Interesting. Okay. We probably wouldn't play his heavy strength day before he's going to, I'm using air quotes if you're watching the YouTube, compete at golf, right? We'd probably put a movement-based day before he goes and does that. So he's probably doing power plyometrics. We're probably loading him that way. We're probably doing maybe a little bit of ESD, making him get sweaty. And then he's able to go and do a little bit of mobility at the end. Then the next day he goes and competes. Cool. Amazing. Right. Have we ever thought about like the, the actual training week? It's probably when do we put his heaviest day? All right. He competed golf on the Saturday. We need to get as close to that afterwards to put his heavy fucking loaded in. Is he then a train on the Sunday? Yes. Cool. All right. We're going to load the fuck out of you on the Sunday. So you've got the longest time until you compete again. 
where you're going to be feeling sore and we're going to make the most adaptation that you can recover because he's not going to compete for another say six days possibly or he's probably going to play in again another two days but it allows the possibility of 48 hours or 72 hours for that adaptation recovery to have an effect so we look at those instead of doing and i am a fan of little and often but it does i i get bored and you can go into like upper body power day or upper body strength or maybe it's upper body strength with lower body power stuff like that if you really want to get nuanced i realize that people it people don't do it because one they've either not been taught in terms of programming or two they're too lazy to fucking program like that and they're like oh i can't remember what you did that day or whatever it should if you're training for a similar sport if you know they're outside recreation they're like normally normally people play matches on a saturday or sunday if they play recreational sport and you can just gear it towards there so i'd say yeah training changing up your training splits to more like strength day muscular endurance day ESD, like energy system development day and that kind of shit. Because it, I think it just, and especially when people are maybe changing like training sites or maybe they go to a different gym or it allows them to train outside the gym. So on if, you, if you're on my email list, you know this, you can, if you're, if you're not, go in my fucking Instagram bio and download a football plan. That football plan has three different days in the gym and two days outside the gym. Two in terms of power-based mobility, like body weight, stuff that you're meant to do in a field you don't need the gym and then three which are strength power and like hypertrophy days so you use the week a little bit better um yeah so yeah. that'll be my my thing daniel is yeah i think maybe i should to do my programming for me tom so that i have those, no. those easy days no. those easy days before golf you know like so much no. easier on it you know? definitely not yeah. you can cut and paste you can have yeah you can pick. I just want to be able to blame yeah. you for something. I just want to be able I'll to give you. you I'll give you a list of my shit. clients, and then you can pick which one you want to do, um, whose whose plan they want to do, and I'll cut and paste it for you. Oh nah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's that's how people can gear around it, right? So you like obviously Dan would have done this more in football, um, and that would have been the case of how you load people differently, um, hopefully. But obviously, we will be holding to uh, the other fucking coaches quite a lot. Like you see, Ten Hag. Last week, he literally came out and said Man United didn't run enough against Tottenham. So he brought him in to run the equivalent of a game uh, on the Sunday. Stupid, he said, it? fucking stupid. Because he was just like, no, you need to... I guess it's a mindset thing and like, like you're meant to be doing it. But all right, yeah, just bring just, him in. It's just dinosaur. I would just, just bring him in and like, just make him do something tediously boring. Just like, you're going to fuck up. You're going to clean the fucking uh, changing rooms. Something like that. Like, yeah, it's 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 just that, yeah, it's just pointless and it mindless shit. Uh, no. yeah, yeah. I'm glad I'm out of it, mate. To be Rit. fair, fucking Grit and graft—that's what they're teaching. But I, like, I just, but it's it's the kind of thing that we we always said exercise shouldn't be punishment. They should want yeah. to do the exercise. They should want to to get better, and the exercise should get them better. So it should never be used as a punishment. We were taught that in sports psychology, um, but that's the difference between like profession in like rugby and olympic sports these guys are like top fucking researchers and lower paid yeah. than the football guys but yeah that's why people like us leave football um because yeah unfortunately it's still run by footballs unfortunately they're getting better i just i just think that this like on a tangent now but the sports science and football <laughs> it's just like they can't be enjoying their job because they don't influence anything like you look at that at top level united they're bringing the players in to run them further i mean oh my god god Literally, like, yeah, i think it was, 1980s, like, why don't you? it was like 16k they had to come and run 
the day after. Just make them run as well. It's just like so. As a team, that's what about one point five k each. What's the fucking point? It's nothing. No, I think I think to- like each each player had to run sixteen k. I think so. Yeah, like but that. the whole yeah. team was sixteen k short. That makes no fucking sense. <laughs> it's just like all right, you're gonna go do it. So idiot. Yeah, moronic idiot. <laughs> um, yeah, but there you go. Yeah, Manu. Been done before at Manu, isn't it? But I think I don't know. I don't think you'll catch like I don't know Pep doing that or Arteta doing it maybe, but who knows? He's got the big bucks. He's getting paid the big bucks. Who are we to say? Um, nice mate. That was a little different. Less business talk. Yeah. Good. Um, any other business, Daniel? Well, not for me. You... No. 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 Not from me. Not from me. Well, we almost almost in September. So it's exciting, isn't it? Then. Not really. Yeah. Stuff in. Nothing crazily happening in September, is there? I just hope it calls down for me. That's about it. Yeah, starts calling down for me as well. Well, (laughs) Starts getting freezing, mate. I'm just uh, waiting for the next crisis to come out, and then in the papers from the UK, what's the winter crisis going to be this this year? What are they going to make out of something? But there'll be one. Who knows? I'm just not looking forward to um, all the triathlon training I have to do through the winter. (laughs) Yeah, but you're choosing to do that. You're an idiot. (laughs) <laughs> so like time. the swimming because i've enjoyed i've been been enjoying swimming in the outside lido um yeah but it's bordering on too cold now like mm. it's like eight it was uh, 18 19 degrees yesterday and yeah. like as soon as it drops below 17 16 it's advised to wear like some light wetsuits and stuff like that well, um, you know, the, the pool here doesn't actually have um, anything heat in it at all. Um, and no. it doesn't need it. So it, it's just <laughs> degrees all the time, I think, pretty much. So yeah. See, like, that was what it was in France last week. Yeah. And it was, like, boiling. I was like, fucking hell. But if I swam yeah. in that, I'd be fucked. Too hot. Yeah. I'd be too hot. I'd be blown. Like, yeah. Can't win, can you? No, I'm not oh, looking forward to the run. The runs are going to be disgusting. I hated, like, running football when it was cold. Um, I didn't run very much, to be fair, but well, like messy. Yeah. Let the let the game evolve around me. And, Never a forward, yeah. mate. Forwards don't run, do they? Don't exactly. No. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm not gonna enjoy that. Just going out for a gentle plod for like whatever my recovery run for like 45 minutes to an hour, just to freeze my nuts off. It's quite yeah. nice listening to podcasts and stuff like that. But <sighs> Jesus Christ, have fun, mate. <laughs> I know. I need. Sorry, I'm gonna drag Dan out for uh, some five Ks when I'm out in Dubai. Be funny. Good luck with that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to do them. So, because I won't be. I, I'm not gonna do like my two K swims in your in the pool on your like development. That would take. That'd be a lot of turning. Uh, I'm yeah, I was about to say you'd be turning a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? Just, what did it be? A hundred times, yeah, it'd be a hundred times. Hundred, I think it's like twenty that, meters. Yeah, like, no, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> not mm-hmm. doing that. Or I just swim the promo, just get it constantly. So it's all right. Mate Isabel, come with me. She'll be like, Uncle Tom, this is awful. I'm not doing this. No, just go home. No. Yeah, Bless she would suck right. it off straight away. <laughs> should get upset and then yeah run off alright guys uh, thanks for watching and listening I guess we'll catch you next week see you later